Good morning, everybody. Welcome to uh, church at Elam Lutheran. And uh, even though it's very different, and uh, and as you've seen all over social media to this this morning and last night, that uh, uh, a vast majority of all of our churches are getting together uh, with this wonderful thing called technology. And uh, and so we are we are here in my living room. Uh, uh, and and uh, hopefully we won't have any visitors uh, coming down the stairs. But uh, anyways, I uh, hope you're doing well this morning and, and know that uh, each one of you, uh, God has a very special plan for. And uh, this morning it was neat when I, I woke up, I had, I, had, I had hymns rolling through my head. And uh, no, Avery, it was not holy, 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 uh, even though that is a great song. Uh, the first one that came to my mind was, It is well with my soul. It is well with my soul, and I would love to be able to sing it to you, but my wife told me, don't do it. So anyways, that one was on my mind. Then Blessed Assurance came, and then lastly, uh, when I was preparing and, and uh, getting ready this morning, uh, Sweet Hour of Prayer. So why don't we open our, our, our time together with uh, just a word of prayer. Father God in heaven, I come before you this morning with, uh, with people across the nation, across the, the city here of Lake Stevens. And uh, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm lifting each one of them up to you. Uh, you are God. You are the King of Kings. You are the Prince of Peace. You are the, the ultimate comforter. And uh, Lord, you have, you have your hand on this situation. And uh, Lord, I'm asking for safety, for you to keep us safe, for you to, uh, to take away this virus and to allow, uh, allow us to meet up again and uh, worship you as a, as a church body. But as we're here right now, Lord, I'm asking that you would bless the words of my mouth and let they be used to bring glory and honor to your name. I love you, Lord. I love you. In your precious and holy name, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So over this past week, uh, you know, the, the last few few uh, months, well, after almost six months now, we've been in the book of Acts. And uh, today we're supposed to be in Acts chapter 12 again, and, and, and I'm changing it up a little bit. Uh, we're going to go to the, the book of John. Uh, during our Lenten services, when we were having them, we were going through <coughs> the book of John uh, on, a, on a movie and uh, talking through it and watching clips and, and, uh, and, and, and looking at what, uh, that all signs point to Jesus. And uh, this morning, I, I, I felt that we should uh, take a look at, at a couple different verses. But again, this week, my devotions have been rather interesting and uh, they've been speaking to me in a very practical and appropriate manner and that uh, of all the things that we're going through. And the last one that was on uh, the other day was from James chapter 5, verse 13 through 18. James 5, 13 through 18 says, If anyone among you is suffering, then he must pray. If anyone's cheerful, he is to sing praises. Is anyone among you sick, then he must cast all the elders or call out the elders of the church, and they'll be they'll come to pray over him, pointing to him, uh, anointing him with the oil in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the prayers offered in faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sin, they will be forgiven him. Therefore, confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another, so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. And when I think of that, I, 
I think of all the things that we're going through right now and 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 you know I I know that we've been in our homes and and and, and having this uh, thing called a social distancing uh, which is a very different way of life for us and uh, so I'm, I'm gonna ask uh, for anyone who is experiencing or has experienced or feeling the feeling of isolation there's a wonderful statement that we're going to look at today made by our Lord Jesus Christ that gives us hope. So if you have your Bibles, uh, grab them, uh, from, and we're going to look at John chapter 15, verses 12 through 17. John 15, 12 through 17. And let's discover some of these great blessings that Jesus offers. So again, John 15, 12 through 17 says this, This is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that one lays down his life for his friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command you, no longer do I call you slaves, for the slaves, does, for the slaves do, do not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For this thing, or for all things that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you that you would go and bear fruit, and that your fruit would remain, so that while so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give to you. This command this I command you, that you love one another. And so we're gonna take a look a look at a couple of these things. But you know, when I think of these things, the this this the words from Christ, the that we learn from from the Prince of Peace, from the Alpha, the Omega, the the Son of God, He wants to be our friend. He wants to be our friend. Bill Gothard says this: uh, Loneliness becomes our friend when it forces us to enjoy the friendship of God as much as we would be, as much as we we would the friendship of others, of all friends that we could possibly have in this world. There is no greater friend. Than Jesus. This morning, I want to I want to look at, at four different items or four different ideas uh, of, of of our of your friendship with Jesus Christ. The first idea or the first point that Jesus gives is that your friendship begins with. We're going to use the letter S's this morning. Begins with sacrifice. We see in John fifteen thirteen, greater love has no one than this the, that the one that one lays down his life for his friends. Our friendship with each other and to the Lord may not be perfect, but his friendship with us is perfect. According to Jesus, the definition of a perfect friendship is found in sacrificing your own life for your friends. You know, uh, I, I know there's many people out there that love love to read. And if you remember back the, 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 the novel, uh, the Charles Dickens' classic, A Tale of Two Cities, set down in French Revolution in, in, in 1789, one good friend is able to sneak himself into the Bastille in Paris and take the place of his friend, who had a wife and a family. This first friend then sacrificed his life by going to the guillotine in, 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 that other person's, in that other person's place. And before he was beheaded, he said this, it is a far, far greater thing that I do than I have ever done before. He redeemed his own life by giving his life for his friend. 
The true nature of love, true friendship, is being willing to sacrifice your life for the life of another person. That is what Jesus did for us. The Bible says in Romans 5, 6 through 8, it says this, For while we were still helpless, at the same time, Jesus Christ died for the ungodly. For, for one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man, someone would dare even to die. But God demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus died for you and for me because he considered us to be his friends. And he wanted our sins to be forgiven in the eye of his Father. That's the, that's the first element of friendship with Jesus, with, with, with Jesus' sacrifice. Now, now, that for, now, he did that for me and for you. The second item that we're, we're going to take a look at today uh, in, in, in is your part in this relationship. And it is friendship demands or depends upon, the second thing, submission. Submission. John 15, 14 says this, you are my friends if you do what I command you. As we consider uh, our friendship with Jesus, we must, we must not come to see ourselves as equals or, or, or buddies or pals. Here, the Greek word translated, uh, uh, translated friends literally means a friend at court. It, it, it describes the inner circle around the king or emperor. In John 3, 29, it describes the best man at a wedding. The friends of the king would be close to him and know his secrets, but they would also be subject to him and have to obey his commands. Throughout Jesus' ministry, he tried to stress the relationship between love and obedience. In the previous chapter, Jesus said this, If you love me, John 14, 15, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. The point is that our friendship with Jesus is not one-sided. Jesus gave all for us. But if we are going to be his friends, we need to keep his word. You know, I talked about hymns a little bit ago, and uh, another Another hymn that I found this week was uh, hymn number 484. Uh, I gave my life for the written, in, from Jesus' per perspective, here's just one stanza. It says this, I gave my life for thee, my precious blood I shed, that thou mightst ransom be and quicken from the dead. I gave, I gave my life for thee, what hast thou given for me? If you love the Lord Jesus, if you want to be his friend, what have you given for him? Have you obeyed him in your life? Have You, you know that, that Jesus does not ask us for much, does he? He expects us to worship him, to live moral lives. He doesn't ask us to sacrifice our lives every day, does he? But the Bible does say in 1 John 5, 3, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. He wants us to be submissive to him. He sacrificed himself for us and he wants us to look to him 
in this time of need, in this time of isolation, in this time of, of all the things that, that we are piling up and getting anxious about, he's saying, I need you to look to me. I need you to submit to me because I love you. Which brings us to our third item. Our, we see the first one, of course, we saw was sacrifice, and then Jesus asked us to be submissive. The third item or the third idea is that your friendship with Jesus results in salvation. Salvation in John 15, 15 says, No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. In, in Tennessee, just off of I-40, heading towards Knoxville from Nashville, is, a place, is, is the home of, of, of the late President Andrew Jackson. You can take a tour of, of, of his home, uh, which is one of the most enchanting and, and exquisite manors ever built with mahogany fi fixtures and, 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 and finely tailored uh, drapes and, 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 and beautiful antique furnitures everywhere. He built this manor in honor of his wife, Rachel, and it still stands today in this tribute to her. But back behind the mansion, behind the mansion, some, some ways away from the house, is where his servants would stay. It's a stark contrast between the splendor of his mansion and the depleted condition of the servants' quarters. They were not heated. They were not. They were cold in the winter and hot in the summer. There's almost no furniture. And it was appalling to imagine that people actually lived under those conditions. Imagine... If you were a friend of President Jackson and you went and saw him in, 1800, in the 1800s and you came to visit his estate, where do you feel you would sleep? If you were his friend, you would expect to sleep in his home, not back in the servant quarters. He would have offered you a place in his mansion that has a warm bed and, and some very luxurious rooms. There is a difference. There is a great difference. Therefore, in, in being a, in that, but, but when I think of it being a slave to sin, to being a slave to Satan, or being a friend to Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, it was, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Jesus, his death on the cross, and our subsequent obedience to him sets us free from the bondage of sin, free from the yoke of slavery. Satan wants to destroy us. He wants to rip us away from Jesus. He wants to rip us away and keep our eyes focused on our problems and not on Christ. And right now, with everything that we're going through, it's working, isn't it? He's not our friend. Jesus is. When we are friends of Jesus Christ, one day we will be welcomed into his mansion that, we have been, that has been prepared for us 
Jesus says this in John 14. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I, have I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, you will be also. As we continue uh, to be friends with Jesus, we can join lyricalists like Ira Stamfel, where it just says, I got a mansion just over the hilltop in that bright land where we'll never grow old. And someday yonder, we will never more wander, but walk the streets of the purest gold. The third element of, or the third idea of being friends with Jesus is salvation. The promise of a home in God's home. The fourth and final idea of our friendship with, with Jesus is experiencing through one thing, and that's called service. Service. John 15, 17, as we just have read once, I'll read it to you again. This I command you, that you love one another. Jesus begins and ends his statement, love one another. In his life, we in, in, in this life, we experience the friendship of Jesus through the love of the brethren. The word that Jesus uses for love is a verb, the verb which, in, which indicates service and action. W.E. Vines writes, love can be only from the action it prompts. In nearly every congregation right now, and I know that you all understand this, in every congregation of the Lord's church, you will find people who are lonely, who right now are isolated in their homes. The command to love one another demands that we, that we search, search them out and offer friendship. The Bible says, Galatians 6, 2 says this, bear one another's burden and thereby, and there, and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. Jesus helps his people through people. Jesus saw people not just as a, as a big crowd, but, a, but as lonely, harassed, helpless individuals, each one in need of God. They don't wear signs. They don't put a sign on saying, hi, I'm lonely. Will you help me? Let's look for them today. I know that uh, there's been uh, people from, from our, our, our congregation here at Elam that, that have been calling around and, and texting and, and spending time just to uh, see if everybody's okay. And I'm asking you to continue to do that. All of us do it. Check in to see if everybody's okay. Have a conversation, even a quick text message as we come through this time together. So in conclusion, the only real solution for the problems that many of us face today, face in life, and is, is, is discovering the meaning of what true friendship with Jesus Christ means. Through friendship with him, we learn four things today. Number one, sacrifice. You are valuable to God. That he laid down his life for me and for you. We need to submit. Your friendship to him is that we keep his commandments. That results in the, sec the third thing, salvation. Gives us an eternal home 
where you will never, ever be alone again. And lastly, he calls us to action. It demands that we, in turn, extend our friendship to all of God's people. Nothing outside of God can cure loneliness. Many people are feeling that right, right now. Only by submitting to God, only by seeking him through his son, Jesus Christ, can that lonely spot be filled. I'm asking you this week, spend extra time. Spend extra time in the Bible, reading his word, asking him to show you direction, to give you the peace that you need. Then spend time talking to him. Just like any relationship, we, we, we have to have communication. We are, we are people that need communication. And he says, I will communicate you, communicate with you, but I need you to be able to be open and communicate back with me. Because in turning to God right now this week, and for the rest of our lives, we also become a part of a family on earth. Through, through our interaction with groups of people, we can find solutions to this loneliness that plagues us. We can also find purpose in our life as we begin to obey God's word, reaching out to others and striving every day to do his will. Friends, I, I pastors out there that are watching this or, or uh, people that have been speaking to groups of people, uh, you know that this is very difficult for people right now. Uh, people that are at home, that have no social interaction physically, uh, but also talking to a phone. It's weird. And I'm looking forward to the day when this virus has taken its course and it was cured because God is in complete control. I hope you're blessed today. I hope today you can see and hear the word of God, spend time talking to him and letting him fill you with his grace, mercy, and love. Amen? Let's pray. Father God in heaven, I come before you and you know the, all, the, all the issues that are going on in our hearts and minds. And Lord, I'm asking that you would, uh, that you would touch each one of us today in a very special way. Talk right deep to our hearts. Allow us to unplug a little from the, from the computers and the, and the televisions and to spend time in your presence, Lord, today. To spend time being fed in your word. Spend time talking to you, hearing your voice. Lord, let us continue to protect and, and, uh, and, 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 and be with our families. Lord, you know that uh, I've asked you many, many times for provision, protection, and power through your Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, I'm asking the same thing again this morning, not just for me and my family, but for our world. Lord, help us as we are in a place that we are being called to repent of our sins and come to you. I love you, Lord. I love you. In your precious Son's name, Jesus' name, amen.